Welcome to Digital Man Mastery, where we teach you how to make money challenge the world. And here's our co-host, Ricky Shetty. <laughs> Thank you to our co-host, Rianne. Uh, welcome to Digital Man Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And speaking of traveling the world, we're here in beautiful Cusco in uh, Peru, South America. And uh, we've been here for a couple of days, but unfortunately, we're suffering from a little bit of altitude sickness, so we're hanging out and recovering and resting. And then we're going to be going to the world-famous Machu Picchu. You excited, Rianne? Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> so uh, on today's episode, uh, we have a very special guest who's actually a friend of a friend, a uh, good friend of mine, Kevin Hoon, uh, who's actually a previous podcast guest. He actually traveled all across Canada with his website called Teen Across Canada. And he actually introduced us to our guest today, Annalisa Parent, uh, who's actually a fellow passionate traveler. And uh, on this episode, we'll be focusing on her experience and expertise as a writing coach. And uh, she actually teaches people how to write, publish, market, and monetize their books. Uh, and I know a lot of our audience uh, who might be travel bloggers or just travelers in general, you want to uh, you know, document your trips uh, either in a blog or put in a book. And uh, it's actually another great way to monetize your travels by publishing a book on Kindle and uh, having a f physical print book so you can do book signings around the world. So super excited about the interview today. Annalisa, uh, you know, welcome to the show. Uh, to start off with, why don't we get to know you a little bit better if you want to do a quick introduction a little bit about yourself. Sure, thanks so much for having me here today, Ricky, and thank you for that wonderful introduction to our co-host, that was great. Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, in Vermont, which is uh, atypically hot at the end of September today, not uh, probably much like Peru, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm a digital nomad in some ways, I, I work from all over, so uh, I bop around. Uh, and and I love doing that. As you say, I'm, a, I'm an author and a writing coach, and I help others to start, finish, publish, and sell those books. Awesome, and we're definitely gonna do a deeper dive into how our audience and our followers, our viewers, and the listeners can actually do those things, uh, write, publish, market, monetize uh, their own books. Uh, but before we do that, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your own books. Uh, tell us about the books you've published. I know you have stuff upcoming, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your background as a writer uh, yourself? Sure, yeah. So I've got my first nonfiction book coming out, launches on October 1st, so a little bit, uh, a week or so. Really excited about that. It's called Storytelling for Pantsers. It is a book for fiction writers who don't use an outline. It has an accompanying workbook to walk them through all the steps to get out of the mess and into getting their novel finished. So it, this is really kind of a meta thing here, Ricky, because I write, I work with two audiences. I work with fiction writers typically looking to traditionally publish. And so the audience for this book are those fiction writers, but the other audience that I work with are entrepreneurs looking to publish their expert book. And this is my expert book to show them how an expert book is done, how it's marketed and what that looks like. So it's really serving both of my audiences, even though you might think that it's just for fiction writers. This is uh, an example for, for my entrepreneurs as they put together their expert books. Yeah, and it's something I definitely suggest to uh, fellow entrepreneurs uh, to have you on book because it really positions you as a subject matter expert. It leads you to media interviews, speaking engagements, uh, book signings, and uh, you know, obviously more uh, clients and more money at the end of the day. So highly recommend uh, people uh, publish their own books. Uh, so tell us about the title. 
hamsters. I, I think it's a title <laughs> you created yourself. Uh, but tell us what it means and uh, um, yeah, give us a give us a. How did you come up with the title? Sure. So over in the fiction world, pantsers, we have pantsers and we have plotters. So plotters are people who use an outline and pantsers are people who fly by the seat of their pants, which is why my cover has flying pants on it. Um, so, you know, these are people who might write chapter one, chapter six, chapter two, chapter 12. They, there's no real order to what they do. But at the end of the day, in order to have a book, it needs to have some kind of order. So this walks them through what that looks like to create something out of order and then create order from the chaos. So that's what a pantser is. It's someone who flies by the seat of his or her pants. Yeah, they're definitely those two type of people. Just in general, I find even with travel, you can almost apply that uh, principle because there are some people who travel, like you said, by the seat of your pants, literally arriving in a place, don't have a hostel or hotel booked, and uh, not sure what you're going to do. Like, uh, I'm actually one of those, and my wife is actually the opposite. Uh, my wife's actually more of the planner. Uh, so my wife loves uh, planning, and she wants everything scheduled and routine. Uh, so we're very opposite, uh, even in our travel styles, but we've uh, somehow found that balance and uh, I've actually published my own book uh, called Wisdom from Daddies on June 16, 2013 and I, I had an outline but at the end of the day I, um, I found I was doing a much more uh, free writing and uh, taking it from my mind into my keyboard and out into paper so uh, curious to know what are your tips for people who are um, you know uh, pansters as you put it uh, who don't have an outline what, what, what tips or suggestions would you give them to just get it from their mind onto the keyboard? Well, I think for pantsers, it's very easy to get it from their minds onto the keyboard. That's their gift. It's the outliners who have a little bit more trouble doing that because they want to create structure before structure has been created. So pantsers don't tend to get writer's block as often as outliners do. But what does happen to them when they get stuck is that they say, I don't have anything here. Or what do I have here? Or what's going on? Because, you know, if, if we're talking about nonfiction, a pantser might do something like write the introduction and then write the end of the book and then sort of be like, oh, I should really do a, a highlight on this particular client that I had, right? And then they're like, wait, where's the book? So the most important piece of advice I think that I can give to any writer anywhere, whether they're writing fiction, nonfiction, whether they're a pantser, whether they're an outliner, is to accept the writer that they are and, and also accept that that can change in any moment in time. So when I write fiction, my fiction uh, is all written as a pantser. I cannot do it any other way. It's just the way it is, and that's the way my brain works, and I had to accept that. But when I write nonfiction, I was a journalist for a really long time, and I definitely got an outline on where I want to go. Now, that doesn't mean that it won't diverge sometimes as, a, as the ideas start to morph in my mind, but I, I have to have that outline. To know where I'm headed and and that's fine that's weird in one genre I work one way in another genre I work another way it's just the writer I am I have to accept that so that I can just be the best writer that I am and I, I think a common uh, you know uh, predicament that a lot of uh, uh, writers face is the whole uh, procrastination and uh, overthinking it kind of like the paralysis analysis paralysis yeah. so uh, any suggestions for how to overcome nation or analysis paralysis issues yeah, absolutely. You know, you mentioned at the beginning that I run uh, the writing gym and one of the really strong components of the writing gym is the accountability because if you think about this, if you're on a deadline, you don't have time to be like, hmm, should it be the or a, right? You just need to get the darn thing done. And so, you know, having that accountability 
helps you to get the words out, to get the thoughts out, to put it on paper or computer screen, whatever the case may be, but just to get out those ideas. And it's interesting that you say analysis paralysis, you know, in, in the novel world, that means well, what we call world building disease, right? You're like, oh, there could be a staircase. And at the top of the staircase, there could be, and you just go on and on and on and on. And at the end of the day, you've got nothing written, but you've got a lovely picture in your head of some castle or something. Um, yeah. It's really easy to get caught in that kind of trap. So just actually sitting down and having the writing. And one of the huge tips that I give in my upcoming book is having that accountability to make sure that you're getting the writing done and not getting lost in that analysis paralysis. Yeah, I definitely have the SOP. I remember when I did my book, I actually made it public on January 1st of 2013 my book on Father's Day of 2013. I made it public on January 1st and then I had to do it. It forced me to act and even though like January, February, you know, you kind of get it down. I was like, oh man, I, you know, I promised everyone on the media and I was like telling myself, you know, they're probably forgotten about it. I'm like, well, I'm accountable to myself. Not just to others, and uh, I ended up doing a lot of work in the last two months, sitting at Starbucks and McDonald's, and taking time away from family. And I ended up publishing it and uh, meeting my goal, which was amazing. And uh, uh, you know, I, I definitely recommend to other people to make it public on social media because that will actually force you to get it done. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Deadlines are powerful. So uh, you have a, a company called The Writing Gym and also a program, uh, you know, you have uh, writers literally from around the world as part of the group, uh, the community, uh, the accountability. What about uh, when did you start it and how, is there, how does it work? Yeah, so it's called The Writing Gym uh, and uh, it's there to pump your writing into publishable shape. And so, yeah, we have people from all over the world participating, um, India, England, various states all across the United States. And that particular program is to help novelists to finish the novel. So to get through the writer's block, to get the kind of support and feedback they need, to get the accountability they need to get it done. And I'm meeting with industry professionals every week to find out what they're looking for, what the standards are, what the new subgenres of subgenres are, and giving that information to the writers in my program. So that's what the writing gym is. And then it has a follow-up program, a publishing mastermind that helps people to actually submit and they get in touch with agents. And I bring in agents that I know to talk to them and give them top tips. And uh, that's a lot of fun too. We do some retreats all over the world. So it's definitely an opportunity for anyone anywhere. And uh, for nonfiction writers, for people who are thinking about putting together an, an expert book about their area of expertise, which certainly could be travel or being a digital nomad or uh, someone's niche or area of expertise as an entrepreneur. We're having a retreat in Australia, uh, in the wine country outside of Melbourne uh, in March, starting on March 18th of 2018. Definitely a beautiful part of the world. I actually uh, spent three years living in Australia and I went to that wine area and. Uh, Definitely, uh, you know, uh, it'll be a very inspiring place to get uh, the book uh, done and obviously to connect with other authors. Uh, so you, you mentioned obviously the writing and you mentioned the publishing. Uh, so walk us through what does it take to go from writing, finishing your manuscript, getting in a PDF and actually publishing it? 
Yeah, so, you know, our focus is on quality. So there are many different foci out there. Some people just want to get it done. Some people want to get it done in 48 hours, whatever. Um, ours is clarity and quality. So, you know, if you're really trying to reach your audience, you want your message to be as clear and direct as possible. And that's really what we're specializing on. And we're actually a hybrid publishing company. So we publish people's books for them. So uh, they don't even need to worry about all that PDF business. We do the layout and the cover um, in conjunction with them uh, and, and the marketing support as well. That's definitely a great uh, resource because uh, it is a tricky thing. Uh, you know, you can just type it up in Word, but there's a whole other ballgame to get it formatted uh, so it uh, looks good for Amazon and Kindle and KDP, etc. Oh, yes. So, uh, there's a reason yeah. to have my team take care of that. They're geniuses at it and they're wonderful. <laughs> yeah, as they say, if it's not your genius, it's not your job. Indeed. Indeed. So uh, for people who have published a book, uh, you know, obviously uh, it's one thing to have the book out there. And a lot of people who are authors, unfortunately, have a big box of books, either in the garage or in the storage or in the back of their trunk. And they, they really struggle with marketing it. So uh, what are your uh, strategies for actually getting the book out there, getting the word out there and marketing the book? Yeah, that's a really good question. And that's so important, Ricky. It's something that a lot of people don't think about. And... Um, you know, especially entrepreneurs, because ultimately, if you're writing your expert book, the point is to get it into the people, the hands of the people who need your message and who potentially want to work with you and need your help. And so the way that we do that, that adorable baby is so dang distracting. <laughs> Sweetie. Oh my goodness. Um, and so, you know, that's one of the things that when we start working with a client on an expert book, we're working in tandem from the beginning, not just to get the book written well, but we're starting that marketing plan from day one. So they're creating their website, we're getting their social media presence in line and ready to go. We're helping them to create the promo videos and uh, get their branding put together so that. Um, you know, on the day of the launch, which they do at the retreat, everybody pushes the button together. We have a big celebration. Um, you know, they've got all that marketing in place because, you know, you're not writing a book so it can sit in your garage. You want to put your car in the garage and <laughs> you want to get your message out to the world. That's what we really focus on. Yeah, definitely. The garage is not for stuff. It's for the car. Yeah, and the yeah. trunk is for not for bucks. It's for uh, groceries. So definitely yeah. uh, need to get the book out there. <laughs> so, um, you, you know, obviously one of the reasons why people write a book is to make money. Uh, what suggestions would you have to actually monetize the book? Um, obviously in book sales, but in other ways as well. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, a lot of people come to me and they say, I want to make a living as a writer. And I say, well, it's not impossible, but, you know, don't quit your day job yet. You know, I mean, even for, you know, I have friends who are multiple New York Times bestsellers and they're still not making all of their money off their books. So, you know, it, it's just a hard market right now as far as the way that books are consumed. 99 cent ebooks have undermined a lot of the possibility for people to make money on books. So, you know, what we help our writers to do is really expand their platform. You know, some people are introverts and they don't want to speak, but, you know, we help them to find what is it that is your passion. And ultimately, the question is how can you help people? What's your gift? And let's focus our energy there in that area you know so if you want to go and uh, hang out with kids on the playground because you write kids books that's great um, 
you know, or, um, you know, wherever your area of expertise is, that's, that's really what you should follow. So we help people to create market marketing plans that go toward their gifts. So I would really say, you know, know that your book isn't going to be your main revenue, that there it's just the first tier, the entrance to your funnel. And we're going to build off of that into other areas that can really expand and get your name out there and, and get you where you want to go. Yeah, some people refer to the book almost like as a big business card, uh, you know, a business card that never gets thrown away uh, right. because a lot of business cards you put in your pocket or you just put in a desk or put in a shoebox, whereas if someone gets a book, it's going to stay with them forever. They're never going to get rid of it. And, uh, you know, it's uh, definitely helped me out. It's led me to a lot of different speaking engagements at different parenting uh, trade shows and conferences. It's led me to media interviews on mainstream media and uh, TV, radio, print. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely helped me monetize my business in several ways besides the book sales alone. Right, right. I kind of see the book sales as, you know, the cherry on top. It's a nice bonus, but it's not kind of the main dish. <laughs> yeah, good way of putting it. Uh, so you actually have a whole bunch of resources to help uh, writers uh, besides uh, the writing uh, gym. Uh, you have a podcast and, uh, you know, social media, uh, videos, etc. Tell us about, um, for example, the podcast. Uh, when did you start it up and what are some of the topics you've covered so far on the podcast? Yeah, so the Writing Gym podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher, and it's really the audience is for writers who are looking to publish, and we go in multiple genres. We've talked to award-winning poets even. We talked to New York Times bestsellers. We talked to agents. We talked to publishers. We had a self-publishing panel. What we really want to do with this podcast is get top information from people who are really excelling in their field out to people who are looking to publish for the first first time or maybe the second time who are really kind of getting that foothold in the world of publishing and uh, looking to expand what it is they're doing and become more of a full-time writer. So, uh, you know, we cover all kinds of topics and, you know, I say this a lot, but we like to work with writers who take the craft seriously without taking themselves too seriously. So we have a good time over there. We laugh a lot and uh, get into some real serious uh, minutia of what the writing craft and what quality writing looks like. Awesome. And you also offer some one-on-one uh, -on -one services like uh, coaching, consulting, editing, creativity, etc. Uh, tell us about some of those services that you offer uh, your clients and uh, fellow authors and aspiring authors. Sure. Yeah. So I work with uh, authors in multiple genres. Um, I'm concentrating mostly on fiction right now and uh, working through the manuscripts to really improve them. Um, and then, of course, working with the experts. So certainly people can hire me to work one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I, I work primarily on content edits, so we're looking at the actual content of the book. Does it make sense? Is it clear? In, is it in the right order? What should we do here? Um, and just to say, you know, why can I do that? Well, I've got, uh, well, I don't want to give away my age, but many years of teaching. <laughs> And uh, Teacher of the Year Awards, I studied neuroscience. I've taught every grade from preschool to graduate school, except for eighth grade, uh, which is just weird. And so I take all that expertise and years and years and years of studying the craft and not only studying the craft, but how to teach the craft and how to really bring it to someone so that they can really do it on their own. Uh, into the work that I do. And so that's how I work with people one-on-one. -on -one. And so I've helped 
people write screenplays because I've written screenplays. I've helped people with poetry because I've written poetry, written and published poetry and screenplays uh, produced technically. Um, you know, so any genre that I've written in, I feel really comfortable working with people in. So I've published in multiple genres and I coach in, in those genres. Awesome. And uh, you also do the retreats. You mentioned you're doing one just outside of Melbourne. Uh, for those of uh, our viewers and listeners who want to do their own retreats, uh, tell us about how you organize it. You're actually based in the U.S. How do you actually organize a retreat in a place like Australia when you're in the U.S.? Yeah, so um, that's a really easy answer. I find someone who knows Australia better than I do. <laughs> Um, you know, because the thing is, websites look really great, but you don't want to end up, you know, like you look at a used car online, you might end up with a lemon, right? Like it might look beautiful, but I want to have somebody on location who can go to that place, know that place, meet the owner. Um, and so I've always got somebody on location, you know, if it's not a place that I can easily access, I'm not going to go to Australia before the retreat. Um, and so they really do that legwork for me. And, you know, I know what my requirements are. You of course need to know how many people you're going to have, what your dates are, how long you're going to do it. You know, are, how many meals a day are you going to feed these people? Is food accessible? Are people okay sharing beds? I mean, there are a lot of questions that you have to sort of figure out what you want the feel of your retreat to be and ours are for entrepreneurs and we want them to feel both sort of nourished and pampered but at the same time it should be a very high level high class operation and so that's the kind of retreat that, that we run for the entrepreneurs so that's a question you should ask is what do you want your retreat to feel like because that's going to certainly influence the kind of place you choose like I love a cute little camping ca cabin in the mountains for myself but for this particular retreat that's not the right feel that we're looking for so those are some of the ideas uh, and the questions that we look at as we put retreats together. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I agree with your tips there about uh, partnering up with a local. I don't organize retreats, but I've been doing one-day workshops during a trip as we're traveling in South America. I did one in Medellin, Colombia, and I uh, did one in uh, just in a few weeks ago in Lima, Peru. And I partnered with locals. I partnered with Mauricio over there in Medellin. Shout out to him and Alvaro over there in Lima. And uh, basically, they did a lot of the groundwork. They help with the venue and they helped uh, you know uh, organize it they help market it to local people uh, through different Facebook groups and expat groups and um, you know uh, it's definitely uh, advantageous to have that local on the ground uh, you know choosing the venue answering the questions and making sure the workshop or the retreat goes well uh, so tell us about how you actually get people to come it's a whole it's a one thing to get the perfect venue a perfect ambience whole other thing to get paid attendees from around the world to fly in. So tell us about some of your marketing strategies to make that happen. Yeah, well, I'll tell you the most important one. And let's talk about famous movie quotes, right? If you build it, they will come. No. If they come, you build it, right? So what I love it, love it. <laughs> um, you know, is to work with entrepreneurs that I know very well in Australia. And we've worked Ooh, I want to say almost a year we've been talking about, you know, what would it look like if we, how would we put this together, you know, who could we invite, that kind of thing. So there were a lot of preliminary conversations before this was a, yes, let's choose these dates. We're doing this in March. This is happening. Um, and, and, you know, even as I say this now, yes, I'm putting together a retreat. I'm in the preliminary stages and I've got a pretty good idea of, you know, sort of my base minimum that's going to sign up, but nobody's signed on the dotted line. So, you know, whatever, if lightning strikes and nothing happens, then I don't move forward with that. So, you know, if we get back to kind of the tips on how this works, you know, you've got to 
find out what you're, you're building sort of in steps. You're not going to like put the whole thing together and invite people the way you would do a wedding or an anniversary party or something. This is a very different kind of a thing where you make sure you have people coming before you plan the party. Yeah, it's almost like you sell it before you create it. That's a, a, a term people use it in internet marketing. They'll sell an online course, and then they'll make sure that they have to be buyers before they end up creating it. Because you could create the best course in the world according to your standards, but if no one buys it, you basically wasted a lot of your time, effort, and energy. So I, I love the little spin on the Kevin Costner movie, The Field of Dreams one. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. That's a really good point, Ricky, because I think that many entrepreneurs who are starting out, it, it almost feels like cheating not to plan the party and then invite your friends. But it's just it's just a time question and it's a resources question because, you know, if I'm hiring somebody in Australia to do my research, well, obviously I have to pay that person, you know. And so if, if this isn't going to happen, I don't want to make too much of an investment, you know, in finding caterers and whatever, booking rooms before I know that, that, that people are going to want this product that I have to offer, which, of course, they will. Of course they will. And, you know, part of the reason uh, you're getting on the podcast and getting media interviews is to uh, create awareness. And, you know, some of our listeners might end up uh, joining you over there in beautiful Australia. Who knows, right? That would be wonderful. I would love to see them there. So uh, if people wanted to, uh, you know, uh, connect with you, uh, join the writing gym, get some coaching, consulting, attend a retreat, uh, you know, pick your brain on more questions to do with the writing process, how can they connect with you? How can they reach out? Yeah, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, Ricky. Like, Facebook is my friend. It's the best way to find me. Just search Annalisa Parent Writer. You can find me that way. Drop me a message. I'm really good about responding. If you want to learn more about me and kind of uh, cyberstalk me first, you can go to www.datewiththemuse.com. Uh, you can see what I'm up to and what I do. Uh, and if you're interested in attending, the retreat. Uh, we'll be putting up information on our website about that very soon. So you can just send me a message uh, over on Facebook or via the website, and I'd be happy to share that with you uh, once we put that site up. Awesome. And I'll actually have the links below. So if you're watching this on YouTube, they'll be right in the YouTube uh, description. And if you're listening on iTunes, they'll be right in the show notes. So thanks so much for all of your tips and insights and strategies about uh, book writing, publishing, marketing, monetizing, doing retreats, and more. Yes, Ricky, thank you so much for having me on. It's been a real pleasure, and I hope you and your beautiful family have a great time there in Peru. We are indeed. All we need to do now is recover from the altitude sickness so we can enjoy it. So uh, uh, sometimes you need to rest in the midst of your travel, so we are doing that right now. And uh, it was great to have you on the show, and I look forward to connecting uh, in real life at maybe one of your retreats in the future. That would be wonderful, Ricky. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Annalisa. And thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode. If you are an aspiring author, if that's been one of your dreams, I know a lot of people dream about writing a book, but so few people actually do it. And uh, I'm one of the people who have done it, and so are uh, so is Annalisa, and so are a lot of her clients. So if you're struggling uh, with uh, publishing a book, I definitely highly recommend reaching out to Annalisa. She's obviously ex well experienced and an expert in this area. Uh, I'll have those links below so you can connect with her, ask her questions, and find out more. And so thanks for tuning in and make sure you connect with us as well with Digital Nomad Mastery across the web. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube so you get updates about all of our future episodes. We're almost at 300. Yeah, stay tuned for episode 300. And uh, make sure you connect with us on iTunes and all over social media. And finally, we actually have a massive summit coming up this November where we're going to be teaching you over 100 ways 
to make money as a digital nomad. So stay tuned for that one at digitalnomadmastery.com. Thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode live on location here from beautiful Peru, tuning out uh, for this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. <laughs>